0: John chapter 4. Jesus is talking to a woman. She's at a well. Begins talking to her about her life and telling her some things that there's no way Jesus would know about her because she's a stranger to Jesus. She has this epiphany. She gets this profound download that Jesus is perhaps the Messiah. Jesus says to her in verse I'm going to back up in verse 19. So, sir, the woman said, you must be a prophet. So tell me, why is it that you Jews, insist that Jerusalem is the only place of worship while the Samaritans claim it is here at Mount Gerizim where our ancestors worshiped. And Jesus replies to her in verse 21, it says, believe me, dear woman, the time is coming when it will no longer matter whether you worship the Father on this mountain or in Jerusalem. You Samaritans know very little about the one you worship, while we Jews know all about him, for salvation comes through the Jews. But the time is coming indeed, it is here now, when true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and in truth. The Father is looking for those who will worship him that way. For God is spirit, so those who worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth today uh, the title of my message is the truth about worship we i think need to learn and talk about the truth about worship uh, there's really two things that i want us to to know today and number 1 it's that true worship is founded on god's word and number 2 True worship is informed by God's word. First and foremost, the truth about worship is true worship is founded on God's word. And so let's understand what true worship is. And I've defined this in weeks past, but just I, I want, I, I, this is my disclaimer for, for today. I'm going to lay some foundation for some things today because we've been talking about worship and I found, I, I found that it was really important as I uh, began teaching about this, that we have a firm foundation of where we get this idea of worship. Why? Like what fuels it? What it's grounded on. So I felt like today is just, I, I need to teach some things. I need to lay some foundation. If not, I think some things could go awry. True worship is simply a display of worth, attention, or affection toward God as a response for the sole reason that he's worthy of it all from all people all the time. Now, in order to believe that, you have to believe that what I just said is the truth. And I will tell you that true worship is only true if it's founded in truth. So, where do we find truth? Uh, 2 Samuel 7 28 says, For you are God, O sovereign Lord, your words are truth. So, we find truth in God's words. And where do we find God's words? This is where we find God's words. The truth of God's words are found in what we call the Bible. What Sometimes we hear people say God's word. We're going to, you know, God's word says. What's his word? It's this book. It's the best-selling book in the history of humanity. And, And simply mean, the word Bible comes from the word biblios. It just really means book. It's made up this one book. Is made up of 66 smaller books, 39 in the, the Old Testament or what testified to everything that was before Jesus came and 27 in the New Testament or everything that testified to after Jesus came. And it was penned by at least 40 different authors. Now, I, I want us to have a good understanding of what we believe about scripture here in our church. We believe that this Bible, this book, is the authority. Its it's inerrancy means it has zero error, zero flaw. It's perfect in every way. And we believe that it was divinely inspired by God. Why is this important? It's important because right now I feel like in society we're, we're in a bit of a tense war over truth. And at best, whatever I present to you as truth, if rooted in my own understanding from a worldview, at best might be true, but it's not the truth. I have to have a lens that looks through God's truth in order to be a true worshiper who worships in truth. Psalms 12.6 says in the words of the Lord are flawless like silver purified in a crucible like gold refined seven times. God's word in its flawless nature is what also created all of humanity in creation. In Genesis 1 it says God said let there be light. It goes on nine times. God said God said God said God said God said God said. God said, God said, God said. When God said he was releasing his word, which was flawless, and we were made through his word in his image for a purpose, to be worshipers of who? Him. Why? Because he's worth it. He's worthy of our attention and affection, period, period. So our original design, as I read in this historical account in Genesis 1, our original design is that we would have life breathed into us from truth centered out of God's word. This is key because what we do is we search for life to be breathed into us At times from every other platform of the world's words, but not God's word. So we affectionately call Google Rabbi Google. Why? Because we treat Google as God. We treat treat Google as truth. Well, Google said, I don't care what Google said. We are searching for truth on every platform. We're, we're discussing on how to monitor truth on every platform. The problem is, at best, we're monitoring true statements, but they are not truth. This is truth Not to be censored. Not to be cut up, diced, disregarded. And so how can we worship God in truth as true worshipers if we're taking our instruction from flawed sources? Psalms 119, says, your word is a lamp for my feet and a light to my path. That society is going to continue to trip in darkness without the light of God's word to instruct them. And that's where we're at this Sunday in 2021. Society tripping in darkness. Because we're searching, as we're made to worship, we're searching on how to give worth, attention, and affection to things surrounding us rooted In everything but the truth, we're drawing from flawed sources, muddied water. And we we live a life where we're okay with drawing a little bit from Google, a little bit from Wikipedia, a little bit from this religion, a little bit from what my mother said, a little bit from what my father-in-law said, a little bit from, you know, what this political party said, what that political pundit said. And at best, we're drinking muddy water. And even if you say, well, Pat, you know, we got 50% of scripture. That's cool, but you have 50% mud. It's still muddy water. And we wonder why we're clattered and we're confused. It's because we're not drinking clear water. God's word has been, it is, and it will always be at the center of creation. John 1.1 1, 1 says, in the beginning was the word. By the way, I love the book of John because it's very poetic. It is. What you will find when you begin reading scripture, and I highly suggest you do that if you don't do that. And, I, and I don't say, I, I'm not saying that in a cutting way or to be, I'm not being sarcastic. I will tell you right now that one of the number one searched things on, on YouTube is how to study the Bible. People want more of the Bible. And I love, so what you will, you'll begin finding all these super cool nuances to, to scripture, to this. The book of John is very poetic. John wrote in a, in a poetic way. And I, I I love reading John. You know, he said, when he's saying this on the surface, there's something underlying as well. So when he says, John says, in the beginning was the word. Do you know who the word was? Jesus. So it makes it easy for me to say, God's word has, been, is, and will always be in the center of creation. What I'm saying to you is, Jesus has been, he is, and he will be always in the center of creation. If we choose to acknowledge that. So John is saying, in the beginning was the word, and the word was where? With God. So when God said let there be light. God was releasing his word. What was he doing? He was releasing Jesus into creation. Watch this. And the word was with God and the word was God. He was with God in the beginning. That's what I just said. Through him, all things were made. How is that? Because God released his word. And Jesus is what? Without him, nothing was made that has been made. In him was what? Life. And that life was the light of all mankind. The light shines in darkness and the darkness has not overcome it. Why is it important that I stopped and I said, let's declare we're going to see a victory. Because what we're doing is releasing the life of God's word and promise in the middle of our circumstances. And I want to tell you something. When you release God's word and the light into the darkness of what might be distracting us right now, darkness cannot overcome light. So the truth about worship is true worship is founded on God's flawless word. We need to know this. And lastly... The truth about worship is true worship is informed by God's words. Hosea 6.6 6 says, I want you to show love, not offer sacrifices. God goes on to say, I want, to know, I want you to know me more than I want burnt offerings. What's God saying? He's saying, I, I desire that you know me more. Why is this important to know God more? Because being informed about who God is, which, by the way, can only be found here. Being informed about who God is allows you to worship God the way he wants to be worshipped. Remember, true worship is your display of worth, attention, and affection. This is what I'm saying. You're not loving people around you well if you're loving them in a way that pleases you. Immaturity in my life says, I'm going to give you a gift that's pleasurable to me. I'm going to give you a gift that moves my heart and I don't care if it moves your heart. That's not love. I love certain things. But I know that if I gave my wife gifts that I would love, she would want to beat me over the head, man. She'd smile. She'd be very gracious. But in her her heart, she's like, you don't know me. That's what she, after almost 30 years together, Pat doesn't know me. I don't want your burnt offerings, husband. I want you to know me more. By the way. Anyway, that's a marriage conference. I only have a few minutes. I can't go down the marriage road there. So the entire point of knowing the word of God is to worship God. I love what J.I. Packer says. He says, the famous theologian, he says, the purpose of theology is for doxology. We study in order to praise. Theology, the, the understanding, the knowledge of God, is for doxology, the praise and the worship of God. And I, and I love this statement. So that means that doxology, praise of God, without theology, understanding of God, is nothing but idolatry. So I idolize myself so much that I'm gonna give you what pleases me and I could care less if it pleases you. And uh, now hold on a second. Oftentimes what we've seen in our culture is we watch worship that may be inspirational and move our hearts, but it's not moving the heart of God. You have to know God to know how he wants to be worshipped. And understanding shapes your expression. Okay? And expression is a manifestation of what's in your heart. Proverbs 4.23, Above all else, guard your heart for everything you do flows from it. We need to bury God's word in our heart. Why? Because it informs us of who God is and forms how we're going to worship him. Points, Okay. It says, shout with joy to the Lord all the earth. Exclamation point. But when we don't have an understanding of God, this is how we this is how we would read this, and this is how we would display our worth, affection, and attention to God. Shout with joy to the Lord all the earth. Hey, listen, if you, if you, if you walk into, if you walk in now, I'm going to use worship as a mu- as music, right? If you walk into church, you walk into our church and you don't know God, I actually don't expect that you're going to be like, yes, shout to the Lord. Why? Because you don't know God and you are going to worship to the depths that you know. And so I'm not, I, 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 I don't, I don't have an issue with you. If you don't know God, that's no issue. The issue that I'm picking at right now is those of us who say we're worshipers and followers and then we walk in and we're limp in our activity of worshiping God. What would it look like if we knew God more? And an understanding shaped my expression. And expression was a manifestation of what God was bearing in my heart when I began to digest this. Because it goes before me. It stands behind me. It flanks my sides. It's over me and it's the foundation that I stand on. So it's a shout with joy to the Lord all the earth. Worship the Lord with gladness. Come before him singing with joy. You know, pastor... I really love the team that worships and praises, but we just need to get to God's word. Yes, I agree we need God's word because it informs you on how you need to express yourself in worth, affection, and attention to the God that we're worshiping. So I make no apologies if we take an extra 10 minutes to declare, to shout with joy, to praise with gladness. Well, it's trivial to me, pastor. <laughs> I'll tell you what's trivial. <laughs> Acknowledge that the Lord is God. He made us and we are his. We are his people, the sheep of his pasture. Enter his, his gates with thanksgiving. You're going to enter those doors? Can you imagine for one second what would happen? If all of us were, were founded in this, this truth, and we understood, we were informed about who God was and informed our expression. Can you imagine what would happen if we walked in the door? And our team just began, said, we said, hey, just begin, to, we're going to see a victory. And we're just like, yeah. Yes. But when we say, hey, we're going to see a victory. And people are like, oh, <laughs> good work, good work. Give thanks to him and praise his name for the Lord is good. His unfailing love continues forever and his faithfulness continues to each generation. I gotta tell you something. I wanna pass on a legacy to generations that are coming behind us. Can you stand with me this morning? I'm so glad I threw out the message that I had. Can you, can, can you put Psalm 100 up? We're going to read this together. If you're, if you're on our online camp, I want you to stand up in the middle of your living room. Pull your car over. I don't care what you're doing. You would be in the middle of work. But don't go get fired or nothing. But what I'm saying is we're, we're, we're going to read this. And, and you know what? We're going to read it understanding, being informed of who God is, Standing on his truth and it's going to form our expression, isn't it? It says, shout with joy to the Lord all the earth. Hold on a second. Shout with joy to the Lord all the earth. Can you guys lift up a shout here this morning? What in the world are we crying? We're not supposed to do that in church. That's chaos. We, we can't do that. No, it tell, Actually, I'm being obedient to what it said. Shout with joy to the Lord all there. Worship the Lord with gladness. Can you just, can you for a second, can you just laugh at that? Have some gladness. The enemy wants to come at us and we're like, no, I'm going to enter in. I'm going to come with gladness. <laughs> come before him singing with joy. Acknowledge that the Lord is God. Can you just say for a second, You are God and God alone. He made us and we are His. Can you just say, We are yours. Uh oh. We are His people, the sheep of His pasture. We're going to enter His gates with thanksgiving. Could you just say right now, could you just begin to give thanks? Say, God, thank you so much for today. God, thank you so much for my yesterday. God, thank you so much for the tomorrow that I have yet to walk into. God, thank you that we live in the United States of America. A nation formed underneath your name. God, we give thanks to you this morning. Crazy Christians. His gates with thanksgiving, go into his courts with praise, give thanks to him and praise his name. God, we just give praise to your name right now. We give we giving praises, hallelujah, to give praise. God, we just begin, hallelujah to your name, hallelujah to your name, Jesus, hallelujah to your name today, God. We give praise to you, God. Ha! For the Lord is good and his unfailing love continues forever. And his faithfulness continues to each generation, we are releasing the spirit of worship and truth into generations. A true worship enters into the picture, those who are truly lost end up becoming true worshipers. Our church exists that we would be true worshipers who go after the lost. Because worship matters. See, the truth about worship is that true worship has to be centered and is never. When I stand and I read this book, made up of 66 six smaller books, to you on a Sunday morning, that is the highest form of worship that I could think. Well, I don't like worship, Pastor. You're defining it as music, and it's not, it's in your giving, it's in your servanthood. It's in your language, it's in your attitudes, it's how you walk, it's how you stand, it's how you grieve, it's how you rejoice. And we are gonna worship him in truth, founded on God's word. Informed about who God is to help us express how we're gonna worship. Are you with me? Let's pray. Father, I pray right now in the name of Jesus, if you feel comfortable doing so, just open your hands up. Father, I pray for a freshness of your spirit to blow into the hearts, into the hands, into the mouths, and into the minds of every single person who hears these words this morning. We're standing firmly on your word because it is the truth. And the truth about worship is is that your truth in your word is necessary. And it goes before us. It stands behind us. It flanks our sides. It is our covering. It is the foundation that we will stand on because we were made to worship. Worship matters. And you are after two worshipers. And we have to be founded in the truth. So God, continue to press this truth into our hearts. Let us not neglect the lifting of our voices, the studying of your nature and your character and your word, and let us not neglect going after the lost. We thank you this morning. With resounding joy, with resounding thanksgiving, we all release to shout this morning to say, Amen and Amen. You guys enjoy your week of worship. Amen and amen.